Welcome to Health Rants. Join us and learn how not to let healthcare rip you off or kill you. Together, we will explore the secrets of healthcare and give you insight on how to make a better and informed decision about your health and your healthcare. I'm Dr. Bob Braille. I'm a chiropractor for over 40 years, and I've seen it and heard it all. So welcome to our podcast, Health Rants. Science doesn't lie. But unfortunately, some scientists, researchers, and those who report on it do. Not necessarily intentionally. Hi, I'm Dr. Bob Braille, and welcome to another episode of Health Rants. This particular episode, I'm going to be uh, doing a little bit of uh, what I call fact check uh, from a standpoint of I want you to fact check. Now, now here's the issues. Um, If we're following the news, and we probably can't help it, you kind of see, oh, there was a second variant of uh, COVID, the Delta variant that was predominant, and then there's, now there's a new one coming out that's out there. Um, I know in past podcasts, I have spoken about the idea that when a, uh, a virus comes out, it normally comes out stronger, more deadly, and then it mutates into slightly weaker versions of itself, but becomes more contagious so that a greater portion of the population catches a much less contagious version till eventually you don't hear about it anymore. Like we don't hear about some of the past flus, even though we all didn't get vaccinated for it. In fact, a very low percentage of the population did. So is the same thing true with COVID? Well, COVID's a little bit different than the rest, but the same principle is there. The latest variant they're saying is, you know, uh, XYZ, yeah, by the time you listen to this, there might be another one out, so I'm not even going to bother with names on it. But, uh, you know, they'll, it, it's possibly more contagious but less strong. Oh, virulent is the word that's used. And, um, you know, that, that would be a normal occurrence. You see all these dips and spikes that are going on in the number of people catching it. And supposedly the number of people catching it in the first spike uh, was less because we shut down the country. The second spike was big, and then it decreased, and then the third spike came along, and it's decreasing regardless, seemingly regardless of whether or not people are vaccinated, although they keep saying it's a now it's an unvaccinated issue, but uh, the numbers don't necessarily jive with that. But that's not our discussion for today. One of our discussions is, and I know that uh, this affects me and a number of people, I, uh, I, uh, Okay, I'm an anti-vaxxer. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to tell you what to do. That means that's how I live my life. I don't get vaccinations. I haven't done so any time in my adult life. It's not like I'm politically against the COVID vaccine. I think politics is a silly way to make that decision. I'm against it for a lot of reasons, but that's not my discussion here. That was actually one of our previous podcasts. However, that being said, I'm constantly confronted with... uh, people and and you watch a lot of if you watch television shows they talk about the science says this and the science says even if you've gotten covid which i did two months ago now um and went through three days of ouch this hurts a lot and then uh, was over it um and it was a fairly severe illness i didn't have any lung issues fortunately but man did i hurt for three days then i got upset with myself went outside and did lots of physical strenuous work in my uh, farm and uh, by the end of the day, I'd sweated most of it out, and I felt pretty good. I still had the quarantine for the rest of the 10 days, but still, I had 10 days off, basically. But that, that being said, you know, it's still a question for me of, you know, I, I hear all the time, well, you still should get vaccinated. Well, I've caught the issue and fought it off, so I have immunity towards that. And what we'll hear is this study says this, uh, that, you know, you're still, you're stronger if you get 
the shot and you've caught it than if you don't get the, uh, the thing. Now, let's talk a little bit about the science behind that because every time I see one of those studies and it makes a big splash in the news, you know, uh, the scientists say, the recent study says that if you've had COVID and get shot, you're still, you know, 60% uh, uh, more immune than if you're not. And Okay, I, I've read the studies. When they, when they say that, I go in and find the study and read it. Studies almost never say those things, by the way, not like that. Uh, in the conclusion, they might make some kind of a comment that suggests that, but not on the strength that you see it in a, in a newscast when somebody who was a medical advisor told him to say that, and then whoever's reading it says that. Uh, it doesn't work that way, and we're going to talk about two different issues with that. Uh, first of all, the studies involving COVID and people who've had COVID and didn't get vaccinated, people who had COVID and did get vaccinated. Okay, let, let's let's take some of those studies and look at them. I looked at both of the big ones that were out. Uh, the one that was touted more recently had numerous, numerous flaws because of the way it was people who were admitted to the hospital with COVID-like symptoms. And then the numbers were pared down to like a thousand people who had COVID and did not get vaccinated versus 6,000 who did not have COVID previously and got vaccinated and then got COVID. So the, the way they did that study was extremely weak. Um, and there was one other issue that was involved in that study and the prior study, which in my opinion was much stronger. There was a study that was done and published in The Lancet about two months earlier that looked at people who'd had COVID. And they, they used a much larger sample size than the, uh, the one they're touting more recently. And in that, and I forget how many tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people were involved in that uh, particular research uh, as far as tracking them and stuff. They basically were able to show that less than 1% of the people who had COVID already tested positive for COVID 116 days later, meaning in their interpretation that these people got reinfected with COVID. Now, in if you read the whole study and through the discussion area, they said one of the weaknesses was that there was no in-the-middle testing that showed them negative between the first time they were tested positive and 116 days later when they tested positive again. Therefore, the possibility of less than 1% could be considerably less than 1%. It could be zero because they don't have tests in the middle to prove that the person was positive, then negative, then positive again. None of the tests did that. People are not getting a lot of testing done after they've done the 10 days and they're asymptomatic. They assume they're free of COVID. Well, I am going to guess that there's a small percentage of people who actually carry the virus for longer periods of time, and that was what they suggested is possible in the study. And therefore, when they retest them and they come up positive, okay, these people recaught COVID, but they did put the little, you know, not physical asterisk, but they put the little caveat in there that they may have also just carried it over and never been negative between the first test and the last one. So they didn't re-catch it. They just never got rid of it the first time. That's a very real possibility, and it could be larger in the society than we think. Uh, although the Lancet study did suggest that 116 days was less than 1%, and they don't know how much less because, again, that's same scenario. Uh, but that's a much better rate. 99% than 116 days is a much better rate than the vaccines are now touting, in which case they're pushing for a third, you know, a third shot, a booster, 
because they showed the effectiveness in, I forget how many days, but it was probably around the same number, was down to 40% or 20% by their own measure. I'm not, we're not going to discuss the measure there, but by their own measure had dropped dramatically and therefore a booster. And now they're talking we might need a booster every six months. Uh, obviously, the effectiveness of, of what they create in the antibodies wears off, which would be a natural phenomena, as opposed to, you know, naturally getting the disease and then your body has more of a permanent immunity or near permanent immunity. Now, obviously, we're not years out to see what it looks like three, ten years afterwards. You know, the, the, the Lancet study, which was the longest one I'd seen, was 116 days later. So, you know, I read the studies. You know, I'm not, I'm not somebody who, who's a reporter who sits down and reads the headline that was written to them by some aide who supposedly is the medical expert who just gets the press release from the drug company that produced the vaccine, you know. Um, the idea when I first read those 95% effective things, I pulled up the studies and read them, and that was seven days out. Yeah, okay, <laughs> seven days out. You still got antibodies. Okay, I would expect that, you know. But obviously, as time goes on, they're, they're not 95% effective as you go down the line a bit, you know. Um, so, you know, and the same thing's probably true with most of the stuff they're coming out with, but I haven't read every one of the studies, but I read enough of them to, to see a, a, a very common thread running through them all. But one of the things that I want to discuss on this particular rant relative to science and scientists is a common system of reporting that takes place. Now, this is going to sound a little bit complicated for uh, some of you for a moment, but I'll try to clarify it a little bit. Uh, it's called relative risk reduction versus absolute risk reduction. And, and let me explain what that is. There's a, if you look that up, there are actually a few journal studies that actually talk about that and the problem that presents relative to reporting the results of a study. Um, we'll hear things a, a lot in the news, such as people who get vaccinated are 60% more protected than those who are not vaccinated. Or you'll see some kind of a, a drug commercial on TV that says that it's, you know, 100% uh, uh, more effective uh, compared to placebo than not taking the drug, or it's 50% more effective than not taking the drug, or something like that. And they're always reporting what is called relative risk reductions not absolute risk reductions. And let me, let me give you an example here and see if I can play with some numbers here, okay? Let's take a study, and we're going to make this up, and we're going to use round numbers just to make it easier. We're going to take 100 people, okay? 100 people are going to be included in a study. And it's a double-blinded study, and half of the people, 50, get a certain drug. Half of the people, and, and those people don't know who they are, they don't know what group they're in, get a placebo, meaning a water pill or something, and they don't know the difference. They don't, they, there's no difference in the color, the taste, or anything. So the people in the study don't know. Only the scientists who gave the drugs out know which group has the placebo and which group has the real drug. And they're looking to see at the end of the study how many people have, let's say, heart trouble a year later, okay? Because some of the studies are like that. So they look at these 100 people. And at the end of two years, they look at the group and they find out that five people who had the placebo had a heart attack. Three people who took the drug, well, let's say two, two people who had the drug had a heart attack. Okay? So, if you're looking at 100 people, only 5% of the people who took the, who had the placebo, the water pill, 
had a heart attack. And if you're looking at the total group of 100 people, only 2% of the people who had the, uh, uh, the medication had a heart attack, okay? So it doesn't look like there's a huge difference between the two, 5% to 2%, but that's not how it's done. It's done like this. The difference between 5 and 2 is 60%. The number 5 and the number 2, there's a 60% difference there. You know, it's two and a half times greater, okay? Five is two and a half times greater than two is. So as the study gets written, the report can be written that this, people who don't take our drug have a two and a half times greater chance of having a heart attack than the people who do take this drug. Now that sounds, oh my goodness, I should be taking the drug, you know? Two and a half times greater chance of getting a heart attack if I'm not taking the drug? Well, that's exactly accurate. It's not inaccurate to say that, but that is the difference between two and five, not the difference in the entire population of 100. And almost all studies are reported that way, the relative relative five compared to two as compared to 100 people who were in the study. The reality, all right, the absolute risk reduction was only 3% difference between five and two. The relative risk reduction is two and a half times as <laughs> great, you know? So it, there's a huge difference between the two ways of reporting. The science is the science. It doesn't change. But how the science is reported, and, and many times by the researchers themselves and how they purport the numbers, because that's basically one of the two accepted avenues of doing so, but also as the news media grabs it, and they don't know the difference either, by the way. It's not like they're making this up. They don't know the difference. They get, oh, it's two and a half times. Wow, it's two and a half times. Read the study. <laughs> it's only 3% difference between the two groups. And that's certainly within a margin of error that you could call, you know, something that could be a lot of other factors. And how long was the study for? And how long down the Only two years. Well, maybe that number evens out after four years. You know, I, the there's a lot of things that are involved in these kinds of studies. And, and lately in all of the studies that are coming out relative to the vaccines and the ones that get reported to cherry pick because I read all of them. So when I see some, all of the ones I can come across anyway, uh, when I see something like the Lancet one that basically showed the people with, with, who've caught COVID have the best immunity against it by far compared to the people who had gotten just shots, uh, that study didn't make, get a lot of publicity. Now, you know, there is some financial incentive for those who make vaccines. I mean, you can go online and see all kinds of news stories now about how much money the drug companies are making compared to what they were making before, the ones who produce vaccines. And uh, it's a big business. But but I'm not suggesting that this is huge conspiracy and, they, you know, they, they purposely are trying. No, they're in it to make money. Drug companies are not in it not to make money. They're in it to make money. So, therefore, they're going to do what is profitable and, and publicizing things that they can show in a better light, like any politician does, anybody who's in business does. They, they publicize things that in a way that look good using relative risk reduction as opposed to absolute risk reduction is a way of making things look good. The only problem is in the real world that isn't a large percentage of people affected differently. So, you know, the idea of all these studies, and of course the politicians jump on it right away, all politicians, regardless of party, are jumping on it because it makes them look good if they sound like they read something, which I seriously doubt they did, and they probably read it if their aides read it, and if their aides even understood it, you know. But the, the fact of the matter is, in all of history, the strongest resistance 
has almost always been a natural resistance that you get from having had the disease process, you know, assuming you survived it, obviously. But, uh, and, and COVID was a nasty one. A lot of people succumbed to it. The death rate was a lot higher than in other flus and other viruses that have been out there. I'm not going to argue that whatsoever. You know, there are people who say, oh, those numbers. Are... No, they're not. A lot of people died, okay? I know some that died. It happened in a lot more frequency than we want to, than we want to admit. But that doesn't mean that now the outcome of it is, is you know, the, the, as we're coming out of this thing, that everything that's being sold on us is going to be 100% correct either. Um, and uh, I know that the hype will be pushed by the people who have the most financial interest in this to be continued for quite some time. That doesn't make the pandemic that is we've gone through unreal. It doesn't make it fake. Doesn't mean the stuff they're talking about isn't what it is. But you got to understand how to read science and then you're good at it. You know, once once you understand the difference in relative risk reductions, absolute risk reductions, when they talk about the effectiveness of certain vaccines, you have to look at the time frames. How long was that study? How many days out did they check for antibodies? You know, uh, there's no question that, you know, when they inject you with something, you have antibodies against it for a certain length of time. That, that, that's that's their an immune response. That's there. Now, the question doesn't impose a long-term one. Well, None of the studies that were done were long enough. From what I understand, most vaccine studies take several years to determine if they're going to be uh, implemented on the market. Due to emergency situations, these were approved in a matter of months or weeks in many cases. Uh, so therefore, there aren't long-term data on the long-term effects, positive, negative. Uh, you know, the data is just not there yet. And it's being gathered on the fly. We're kind of like uh, the, the whole human population is a peace route just at this point, And we are finding out as we go. Now, there's going to be arguments made, well, that's dangerous. And there's going to be arguments made, well, we had to do it. It was an emergency. We saved lives. That's not the purpose of this discussion. My rant today is to basically ask you to open your eyes. When you hear a study, especially a study that's reported in the news, it's been through a few filters to get there, and it's not like somebody had an agenda or some kind of conspiracy to be able to, you know, to be able to present it to you and persuade you. Those people believe what they're putting out. I'm not, I'm not doubting that. I don't doubt a reporter who puts out a thing about a vaccine and stuff that the people who get on TV says, you have to take it. You know, I don't doubt the sincerity and the belief of it. I, I do question the actual data behind it, you know. And it's not like I've seen uh, Dr. Fauci get on TV and lie. I mean, I just don't think the people know what questions to ask him. Um, you know, I've asked questions about the curvatures and the decreases before there was a vaccine. Okay, what accounts for that? And then what are we not doing to have that happen, you know? Um, so there's a lot of stuff out there. If you can learn to read scientific studies, and it's not fun, but uh, in reading scientific studies, you learn a couple of things that first of all, in most cases, scientists will list the limitations of their study and also other possible uh, scenarios for some of the results they've gotten. Their conclusions uh, may not, in my opinion, may not always drive with the data they put out there because their conclusions are based upon a bias and, and not a negative bias. I'm talking about their education, their knowledge, and their research has been in a certain direction with a certain understanding. So their conclusions are based on previous understandings added to what they've just come up with. Uh, that's not a negative. That's, that's just the way it is. I mean, when I read their study, I have slightly different conclusions because I have a different background than they do. 
I have a different understanding than they do. So I have a different look at it when I read those things too. But uh, everything you hear about healthcare, especially that which is in the media, and it's not like conspiratorial, it's just that that's how it works, you know? I mean, it's always worked that way. Keep in mind, media is the, the news stations of all kinds. Uh, a good portion of their income is to drug companies. Look at how many drug commercials come on you know, during those programs. There's a huge amount of money flowing there. The experts that they get are usually representatives or have been working for pharmaceutical companies. So when they say our resident expert, that person probably had a job previously. If you look them up, you'll probably find some of these people have, a lot of these people have had jobs as pharmaceutical companies. And it's not like they're there to trick you. That's their belief system. They absolutely believe what they're saying. They're not making it up a lying to you, a conspiracy in you. They, they, they believe what they're saying. You have to have the forthwith knowledge to realize that they not, may not be right about it and that there are other opinions about it. Not conspiratorial, not political, nothing like that. You know, when I, when I look at something, uh, I don't belong to any, in fact, I'm an independent. I belong, for those who don't know, I'm an independent. I belong to any political party. Um, so I don't jive with either one's stuff, you know. I read it all, but I don't jive with either one's. And, uh, you know, so I don't make my decisions or any of my decisions based on politics or especially not based on fear. Fear is not a good way to make any kind of a health care decision. Knowledge is a much better way to do it. So as, as difficult as it might be, my suggestion is when you hear the studies say this, go pull up the study. If you can, normally, if you're reading it online in a newspaper, they'll have a link to it, or you can just do a quick Google search and actually see the study. And if you can get through it, go for it and read that study, and you'll find that it may not say what that headline just said. So that's my rant for today, and uh, this has been uh, Health Rants. You have been listening to Health Rants. My name is Dr. Bob Braille, and I've been your host. Subscribe to this podcast and join us for future rants on a large variety of subjects related to health and health care. Thank you for listening to Health Rants. Health Rants is sponsored by Braille Chiropractic. Find out more and listen to previous episodes on our website, www.braillechiropractic.com. That's B-R-A-I-L-E chiropractic.com. The opinions on this podcast are meant to encourage discussion on healthcare issues and are not meant as specific medical or healthcare advice. You should only seek health advice from your healthcare professionals. This has been Health Rant.